Welcome back, guys. DGS. Uh, just about 4.05. Time for the Think Tank. We do it every Tuesday. If you'd like to be on, uh, you don't have to be famous or anything like that. But uh, if you have uh, distinct opinions and you would like to cross swords with someone, uh, reach out to us. You can uh, reach out to Rach or to Andrew and uh, maybe get you on the Think Tank. Today we have Steve Elman and Braxton Payne. Always good to see you guys. Uh so my first question for you guys is, I am adjacent to you. I know more about politics than your average bear just because I do the show and I talk to, to people like you. Um, if someone asked me a question about radio, I would be able to tell them, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what everyone thinks, but here's the reality. So what we do on this show and the things we talk about, the different topics and such, are those really the salient topics are those the bread and butter nitty gritty of politics locally state and federal or when you guys are really working is it like oh yeah yeah that's more window dressing that's what gets people to show up at the polls but here's here's the real bread and butter of politics if you understand my question uh, one of the things that i mean first off i'm glad i do listen to the show because i you know if you said if i didn't listen i didn't know what you guys talk about but <laughs> a lot of what you guys most of what you guys talk about is Things that what I consider, you know, you often hear the term kitchen table issues. And so, like, what you talk about at your kitchen table or what you talk about at Thanksgiving or Christmas, uh, those are constantly the things that, you know, drive voters. But what I would say is it changes so quickly, and especially now. So a lot of times we get stuck on a topic, you know, Ukraine, the war's been going on for over a year. That is not a kitchen table topic really at all anymore. Uh, You know, we're talking about the, the Israeli war right now. And I don't think by people are talking about how Joe Biden's losing young people uh, because of this war that that's we're a year away from Election Day. I don't know if that's going to be the top topic. The thing that always does come around is your pocketbook. So it, and it can be tied to war and, and federal funding for wars. It can be tied to inflation. It can be tied into the minimum wage. Those are things that no matter what, it all ties back to how much money do you have in your pocket. And you're looking at one of the things that I find the most interesting. You look at Europe right now. You have the Netherlands that elected a far right leader. Looks like France could go in that same direction. These are what we would consider Europe, progressive yeah, places. Yeah. Uh, Finland uh, elected a general assembly that is 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 pretty far right. So you're seeing these places lean towards the far right. And I look at those trends. We looked at Brexit right before Donald Trump got elected. Uh, so when we when I'm thinking of to your original question is is what you guys talk about what we talk about. We do, but we also look at the trends, and then also it comes down to that 30-second commercial and what's the hot topic and what is that buzzword that we can connect with the everyday voter that doesn't watch the local news, doesn't listen to any type of radio. Maybe we'll watch an occasional Bravo show and reality television and watches The Amazing Race. You know, that's who we're trying to communicate with. Buzzwords are one thing. My problem with politics right now, on the right and the left, it's become a gigantic stunt show. Mm. Okay? You talk about economic issues. Sure. If I want to sit down, you and I want to talk about taxes or, or like you say, those types of issues, uh, how are we going to attract an audience? Mm -hmm. There's nothing, uh, you know, there's no stunt you can perform uh, to get the attention of the media. And, you know, it used to be in the good old days, uh, you know, politicians would come back from Jeff City or Washington and say, hey, here's, 
here's the problem I've we had, and here's how I fixed it. Or if they haven't fixed it yet, they said, we're still working on it, but here's how I think we need to approach it. I mean, what's the last time you heard a, a people sit down and, and talk like that? Instead, they instead of, of appealing to people's uh, rational beliefs, they're appealing to their emotions by by doing stunts. And it's 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 on the right and it's on the left. You you can point out all the ones on the right. The one I'll put point out on the left was, is there anybody in this room or anybody that uh, that passed a a, a U.S. Uh, Constitution test who really thought that President Biden could relieve billions of dollars of student debt by signing a piece of paper? Yeah. No, no, nobody, nobody mm-hmm. who knew anything about the Constitution, you know, thought that was true. But yet a lot of people did. Yeah. And a lot of people gave him kudos for it, even though everybody knew eventually the courts were going to say, no, no, you, you've got to go back to Congress and, yeah. and relieve that debt. And, you know, and there's plenty of examples on the right. I'll let you well, talk about Well, speaking those. of stunts, I mean, we're electing people that their whole purpose of getting elected is to be, you know, stunt artists. You look at Cori Bush, you look at AOC, you look at what, you know, Cori Bush slept on the, the Congress's steps. I mean, that, that is a stunt to get publicity. Yes, it was for a cause that a lot of people believe in, but it is we're electing people that are doing stunts. I mean, the most recent one on the Republican side was the cost of turkeys was actually down 2% this year. But they, every member of Congress was talking about how they had $90 turkeys. It's a really great video. This guy went to every single, you know, New York City, you know, one of the top places to live and the cost of turkeys. And he went to every different grocery store and he was like, this one's $70. The organic, range-free, all that was the $90 ones. And all these Republican members of Congress are talking about how they had a $90 turkey. Well, it's kind of funny that they're having the, you know, the gluten-free, the free range and the grass-fed turkeys versus what the normal turkeys are. And that's just a stunt because actually if you look at what is – you know, eggs were down 22% over last year. You know, there are things that are more expensive. I'm not denying that at all, but it's just a matter of what can fit in that 160-character tweet and to get a little bit of attention. And, you know, Kamala Harris put a picture out, Happy Thanksgiving, and it's in front of her gas stove. I, I, I The whole gas stove thing is how the Democrats are trying. To, I still don't quite understand it because it's not in a, in a media realm that I mm-hmm. understand. But this like, and they're trying to dunk on her for having a gas stove when that's not actually the case of... The Biden thing reminds me, to make it relatable to everyone, everyone has been in a romantic relationship that has ran its course. And maybe your friends even say, are you kidding? You're going to break up with with Sally? She's great. She's this and she's that. And she does this for you and that for you. You're like, yeah, I know, but she smells like soup. And (laughs) (laughs) that's how I feel that the country feels about Biden, that you could make a case. And you could name things that he's done. Michael Kelly's done it on mm-hmm. the show. But it seems like people on the left and the right are just kind of done. Yeah, it's, it's definitely apathy. But when it comes to if you have a binary choice and you have to fill in that bubble, who are you going to vote for? What are the consequences that you feel? In 2016, we had what relatively a good economy. You had a, a fairly popular uh, outgoing president. You had a choice between something different that you didn't know and Donald Trump. And then you had something that was not as flashy and had some baggage in Hillary Clinton. So that binary choice became, you know, not just a binary choice. The, those people that were third party, you know, that maybe most often were Bernie Sanders supporters decided to vote third party. And in Wisconsin, that was 20,000 people. He lost the state by or she lost the state by 10,000. 
So does that, and, and then in 2020, I think a lot of those people realized the consequence of doing that third party vote. And so they had, they were faced with the binary vote. They voted for Joe Biden. Now, did, when it comes again, do they remember mm-hmm. what Donald Trump did and how much they hated it? And do they stick with Joe Biden or do they make a point again? And you're seeing a lot in places like Arizona when it comes to immigration and, and the war uh, with Israel and Hamas. And you're seeing college students is, I don't like Joe Biden, but I'm going to vote for him uh, because I don't want to go back to what Donald Trump does. Now, if, if the candidate's well, not Donald Trump, Joe Biden is in serious trouble. How long How long ago was it that, uh, you know, when people would want to talk about Trump, I, I would say, why are we talking about Trump? He can't win. Okay, so you didn't really have to get into mm-hmm. all the issues around Trump. It just says, you know, he lost last time and, and he hasn't done anything to pick up any votes. But six months later now, we're seeing polls that suggest he can win. So what what's what's happened? What 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 has Biden done to reverse that situation? As somebody that does polling a lot, a uh, year out in any national polls are the biggest load of BS. I mean, it, it, a national poll means absolutely nothing. Uh, so you have to look at the state polls. State polls are harder to do in general and to figure out what the turnout's he going was to be. Ahead in what, the five? He's uh, a, a, as an aggregate in the five of the swing states, yeah. he was um, by a percentage point, all within, once again, the margin of error. And the margin of error is important because you saw it on election day. I mean, he won by 30,000 votes here, 20,000 votes in, in, in Wisconsin. Uh, so you see those different types of things, and those you can't really. So essentially, in my opinion, it's yeah. a dead heat once again. Is this a true statement? <clears throat> if there is a viable third party candidate, like a mansion or someone known, not not like your usual freak, but a viable senator, governor, are they going to control who wins? Uh, it's it's hard to first off. It's hard to say with where they get on the ballot and where they spend their money. So are they trying to actually win the presidency or are they just trying to stop somebody from doing it? So if they start spending their money in states, obviously they're going to do it in swing states or do they do a national campaign to try to really drown up the the energy? They they can affect it. Uh, they can essentially. Late, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. It is really, really coming up to the point. I want to mention one other thing about polls, though, is is Barack Obama and his reelection campaign in 2011 was at the same spot Joe Biden is. He had about a 35 to 39 percent approval rating. He was losing in all the swing states to any hypothetical nominee, uh, whether it be Mitt Romney or whoever else was running against him. He was at the same exact spot as Joe Biden was. And and frankly, Donald Trump was in a better position pre-COVID than Joe Biden was, and he still lost. So I, I'm really hesitant because, as I mentioned at the first part of the segment, was who knows mm-hmm. what the issue of the day is is going to be in September and October, uh, and that's I mean who knows we could get a conviction of Donald Trump in yeah. September. And I've been Hillary saying Clinton stuff came in, in October 20th. I've been saying, and I don't mean this as a joke, that whichever comes first, Trump is convicted or Joe Biden has an old man fall. Like a real win where he breaks a hip or something. And everyone goes, up, oh, well, well, we've seen this. That's what happened to Grandma. Then she ended up at Del Mar Gardens. Like, if one of those two things happen, I think that's the election. Yeah. And to be honest, a lot of the Democrats, too, and a lot of people that just vote, to, to let's say they vote every election, they usually vote Democrat. They're not paying attention like we are. Uh, so, so Which I it, always so, forget. So it would, take, it would take a serious event for us to really... Is for a lot of those voters to say, See "Oh move. crap, we cannot." So vote what for if them. what if Trump gets uh, convicted and and Joe Biden trips on the way to the victory party? Yeah. So then what do we have? 
<laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just, it's it just it makes me sad on both ends. It yeah. just does. Yeah, and we're at this pendulum swinging. So we went all the way with Donald Trump. We're kind of in the middle Tell of you what, Joe though, Biden. It has convinced me once and for all. <clears throat> you know, I was known for decades for doing Paranormal Tuesday. It's convinced me that there's no such thing as the Illuminati. There's no such thing as the shadow government because these idiots wouldn't just let the this American happen. American voter, which sometimes a <laughs> yeah, little scary. There's, there's, there's no tribunal of elders who are like, no, it's Trump and Biden there's, again. There's not even a smoke-filled room. No, anymore. no. <laughs> uh, doing the Think Tank here with uh, Steve Elman and Braxton Payne. Your calls are welcome. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. Uh, we had a really, really great interview with my very good friend, Tim Izzell, who has been diagnosed with Parkinson's, and in typical Tim Izzell fashion, he met it head-on and very honestly, and it was such a good interview, we're going to replay it for you at about 4.45. Uh, you can also podcast anything, that or any other segment that we do. Uh, Mark, kind enough to call in from St. Charles on line one. Mark, go right ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I just wanted to share an observation. Uh, Trump launched his campaign very, very early, and he's been running aggressively uh, day in and day out. And uh, President Biden hasn't really launched a strategic, uh, aggressive campaign yet, so it's not surprising the poll numbers should would look like they do. Again, Trump's been running hard, um, and I just think that the polls that you quoted are, are perhaps um, not maybe not accurate at this particular point. I agree with that, Mark. That's all I got to share. Yeah, thank you, Mark. I agree with Mark. Is that because Biden's the incumbent and they usually don't feel like they have to hit the road really hard? Yeah, well, it, the, what incumbents do, especially in the office of the presidency, they use the office of the presidency as their campaign. So they get a yeah. lot of earned media. They get a lot more press hits. They get a lot of local press hits that a candidate won't do, especially in a, in a, a competitive primary. So it's it's it may not be traditional campaigning, you know, throwing rallies and have all that stuff, which is very, very typical of an incumbent. But they do the other stuff that actually probably has a little bit more legs. And what Donald Trump did really well in 2016 uh, was he got billions of dollars of worth of free press yes. uh, that he was able to just he's, use? He's to his getting advantage. it again. Yes, and, and he's going to continue to get it again because I mean the media. It, I mean, because frankly, of, it gives him ratings. I mean, I mean, it's it's why why, why did the, why do you want to talk about him? Because it's ratings. Yeah. How, how many people watched the local news or CNN or Fox or whatever and followed his? Uh, you know, motorcade from the airport to the courthouse in Georgia. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that was 30, 40, 50 minutes of just people watching television and them getting ratings. I mean, yeah. of course they're going to do it. They're not idiots. It's a is, business. Is Donald Trump the ultimate example of there's no such thing as bad press? Oh, I would think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's remarkable. And, and the thing is what he does really well with it, which I don't think he did intentionally in 2016 and, and does intentionally after he lost in 2020 is that he fundraises off of it. Uh, he didn't really need the money in 2016 so much. In 2020, when he, you know, the election was quote-unquote stolen, and he was sending out those emails to yeah. essentially pad his pockets and spend at Mar-a-Lago and things like that. He continues to do that, and so anytime that he's quote-unquote persecuted, he, his mugshot, he put it on a, a mug and sold it within an hour. Uh, you know, he's, he's fundraising off of it. So it's really, I mean... Frankly, smart. So he obviously has not let let go of the election was stolen and it was all rigged and such. And his core audience loved that message. Once, assuming it's him and Biden, and he gets into the general and they're doing debates on national television at 8 p.m. And he starts talking about the stolen election. Does that play well for him to casual observers who aren't already 
in the bucket for him? Uh, I wouldn't think so. Um, I mean, I would hope at that point uh, we'd actually get into the, into the issues and how we're going to fix something. Um, it's a it's an eye roll for a lot of people now. I think because it has been you know however many years since the last election. It's like okay, what are we doing? And now it's become almost like it it, it is a conspiracy theory by a lot on the I wouldn't even call them far right. They're just conspiracy theorists uh, that believe you know that he's still the president. Which and then but he but he I don't I don't exactly understand their logic. But it, yeah. I, and if you see some of his interviews now, he just rambles on. He even did one with the the judge from Fox News where she, like, corrected him and put him back on track. And it's I don't think – I won't go there because I don't like to go there with Joe Biden's age. I won't go there with his age. But he just rambles on because I think his circle has gotten even smaller. And he was talking about how he hired the best people and then, well, you fired all of them. So you technically didn't hire him. And he just goes and rambles. So he's just – people around him are just feeding him information. And so he just repeats those same things, you know, he's up by you know sixty percentage points. I heard it in the last interview. He kept repeating the poll numbers over and over and over again. Uh, the effective political strategy is you repeat the same thing over and if, over again. But I, I don't know if he's quite. We only have like a minute here, but I am fascinated by this question. If Donald Trump loses again, is Trumpism practically over, or is it like Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, and he becomes even, even more powerful? Uh, in my opinion, it's not over till he, he until he's. Uh, dead. <laughs> I think it's always going to be there. Or maybe not even then. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's other examples in, in American history in both parties of, of people doing the sorts of things mm-hmm. that he did and, and playing to the crowd that he plays to. Yeah. Everlasting uh, for him, though, is, is the changing of the Republican Party when it comes to populism. Yeah. I mean, that's something I never I mean, thought I would see in my the lifetime. The last and, big populist like that was... Uh, Yui Long, mm-hmm. okay, and he was assassinated. That's how that's how that all ended. Uh, I, I really need to study populism because I still don't grasp it. it to me, that's always you know, been a good thing. Like, oh, the people mm-hmm. are going to decide, and we're for the people. See, see, out in St. Charles County, the last thirty years, I always thought we were more the populist Republicans. Okay, we had all these folks in in St. Louis County that raised a lot of money for the party, and but they were country club Republicans. Mm-hmm. And we we didn't have country club Republicans. We had we had blue collar Republicans. Yeah. And, we and had, now we have we had small, liberals. Yeah, we had them, small so. small business people. And, right. And 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 I always thought we were the more populist. Yeah. And you know when I think of populism, I you know I I think of my dad who had a eighth grade education, but was one of the wisest people uh, that I've ever known. But he was also wise enough to know that when it came to uh, medical issues. He def- he deter- yeah. def- uh, deferred to doctors when it, yeah, when when it came to economic dad. issues. A lot of times he deferred to professional economists, and and that's the limit of populism. Steve Elman, Braxton Payne, thank you guys. Rach, what do you got? Oh, I have so much stuff, Dave. What do I want to talk about? Oh, so I, you know how you start the hobbies often and it's like, this is the new me. This is my new Like thing. you and the little rascals. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, I have another one. I would really like to try to learn Japanese. So I've downloaded Duolingo, uh, the famous Duolingo. They have like a really active presence on social media. Mm, I don't know about On TikTok it. especially. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, but it's free and you can try to learn all these different languages. And I'm on a five day streak of trying to learn Japanese. I hope I stick with it. How you doing? 
I'm doing okay. I've learned a couple of new words, and I've learned like and and is it a it is things it, like that, an especially difficult language to learn. I find it incredibly difficult. It's just so different from English, and mm. it's uh, not, not like the Romance languages where yeah. if you can speak Italian, you can speak Spanish pretty well, and French. I think everything with a different alphabet system is going to be really hard. Well, and they have like three different alphabets. They have hiragana, yeah. kanji, yeah. and then another one I don't even remember the <laughs> well, name. Well, that's like, just showing off. I'm like, yeah. I'm never going to learn. <laughs> like, yeah. It feels hopeless sometimes, but I just want to learn more for when I travel there again. Yeah. I am just a little bit, I have my arms a little bit uh, more around the situation. Not to stereotype a whole people, but when I was in France, uh, they were very appreciative if you tried to speak French. Yeah. Everywhere loves in, that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think, think it's funny because we are, I, I think it's still true, but we are the worst of the major civilized nations when it comes to having people speak multiple Very languages. egocentric. Yeah. And we get so pissed when people yes. can't speak English, but then we go everywhere else and we're like, I'm sorry, but I just don't speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you, people enjoy that somebody makes the effort, even if you're not good, mm -hmm. you will win points. I wish I'd taken a foreign language. Did you not in high school or nope. anything? They didn't. They didn't require it. They certainly didn't for me. They didn't have a lot of high hopes for old days. <laughs> so uh, when I said I didn't think I would take one, they're like, "Oh, that's good. You just audit shop again." <laughs> what so. language do you think you would have liked to have taken? In hindsight, I probably would have taken uh, Spanish as far as being useful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still fantasize yeah. about retiring in Spain, uh, but Italian appeals to me. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful language. Mm -hmm. They're yeah, pretty similar. Cool. They're, I mean, yeah, Spanish, French, Italian, very similar. I, I also ordered, besides the Duolingo, I ordered a workbook to try to learn the alphabet. And so I'm just going to be like a five-year-old. And I know, don't know that there's anything in life that I would pursue that involved a workbook. <laughs> I think my workbook days are over. <laughs> Remember when you're in like junior high and you had yeah. a workbook to yeah. take home? Guy.